0: And welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Mark, discussing his journey through mental health and how he found relief and healing through shamanism. We're also going to be discussing energy, our roles within society and different aspects of energy through the masculine and the feminine. So Mark, welcome to today's episode. I've brought you on here because we've been having some fantastic conversations in recent months because you're currently training with me to become a hypnotherapist Mm -hmm. and I think your journey has been really inspirational because you've had a lot to deal with personally and you've used lots of different methods to help you with that and now you've also progressed that so that you're wanting to go out there and help others and make a positive difference.
1: That's right, yeah, yep. Yeah. So, well, um, let me just explain a little bit about myself first. So, I'm born in Ireland I moved over to England when I was about five years old. And uh, from there, my parents were quite <clears throat> spiritual, I guess. A lot of the books that are in my parents' uh, bookshelves were books on hypnosis, the I Ching, things like that. My mum was quite into crystals and stuff like that, which was great. And, um, yeah, I went to school, became a little bit um, Mm science-y. And I left, (laughs) when I left Ireland, I was actually quite a a confirmed Catholic. So I was going to church a lot and stuff. When I came over to England, I kind of left that. Church was a bit far away. We lived down in the countryside. And uh, I got really into the sciences. And then over the years, um, I got into um, computing and uh, took a job working for a large corporation doing computers. And that really sort of got me into a corner where I sort of was under a lot of stress. I was working really hard. And uh, I suffered a little bit of burnout and had a bit of a mental health breakdown. Okay. Um, I suffered from anxiety. Uh, I was having panic attacks and things like that. I guess that was uh, about 10 years ago now. I'm about 46 years old, so. Um, it really hurt. took me out. I went to the doctors because I wasn't able to function properly. The anxiety was so bad. I was shaking, couldn't leave the house, panic attacks and things like that. Um. And it was a kind of a build-up of stress over a long period of time, really.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That kind of got – it crept up on me over – the pressure was mounting and mounting and mounting, and eventually, as, you, as you're going through this kind of pressure, um, it feels like you can cope with it while you're there, but yep. it feels difficult. So you know that you're on the edge, that things are hard, but you've you're kind of coping until eventually – something within me snapped and mm-hmm. just, I wasn't, my body just wouldn't, my brain wouldn't function anymore. I wouldn't, I wasn't able to uh, get out of the house or anything like that. So I ended up on antidepressants for a while and taking a lot of time off work. And that really knocked my confidence, my self-confidence. Um. And... It was difficult because I couldn't even cope with things like the basics, like looking after my kids and things like that. So any stress at that point would cause a meltdown. Okay. And uh, I started to take... uh, After a long time off work and trying to avoid taking antidepressants, it became apparent that I needed to take antidepressants to get back to a place where I could function again. Okay. And so the doctor wrote me a prescription and... But slowly but surely i started to go back to work after a while off and the antidepressants helped to stop me from having panic attacks and and allowed me to get back to a space where i was struggling really struggling but i was able to get back into it and get back into life and, and crack on
0: so functioning to some extent
1: yeah just only just functioning i would say now um where I worked, they weren't very good at looking after people with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really something that the management team had been trained up for very well. And uh, they hadn't really come across a lot of instances of people that were struggling. And uh, the support that I got there was, it was okay, but it could have been better. And over over the period of, I'd say about eight years, I started to get better and better. All right. Um. But then it got to a point where I wasn't, it it was, I was stuck. So I was still on the antidepressants, but Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting any better. I was okay. I was kind of on a plateau, but I was still suffering from anxiety attacks or that underlying anxiety feeling. And I got to start to feeling like I didn't belong or I didn't fit in or something was wrong. Something didn't feel right. Just the whole pattern of life just didn't seem to.
0: Which, when you're in that space, that's huge, isn't it? Because then it begins to dominate all of your thoughts when you don't have that belonging or that sense of sort of security within the world around you.
1: No, it was it was really hard because as a man, you've kind of um, it's it's sort of expected of you to to be strong and be um, and be able to cope with whatever life throws at you. And because at that point I was really struggling, um, it felt like I was broken and -hmm. it felt like I needed to um, figure something out or I needed to find myself again. That was really what I didn't really understand. I didn't really feel like I'd known myself properly. So I was talking about this with my wife and she often said to me that... um, I needed to really think about what I was doing in, with myself, and that maybe the career that I was doing wasn't really uh, progressing. So that was also not helping either. So I wasn't moving forward. I didn't feel like I was myself. So, um, um oh yeah. So then I changed my medication. No, no. Before I changed my medication, um, Zillig found a book. She got um, this book called. Mastery of Self. All right. um, By a guy called Don Miguel Ruiz, and she bought the book because I think I'd said that I didn't really feel like I was myself anymore. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And when she read the book, she said, "Mark, you've got to read this book. It's almost like it's been written for you." And in this book, um, it really felt like I resonated with it, and there was some some stuff about. being your, being your Authentic Self. Uh, it was mainly about that. Um, and by being your authentic self, and that means living your true self. So mm-hmm. um, things like uh, how you look at relationships um, and stuff like that. And I really sort of... Found that that book really resonated with me, and I found that there was a lot of talk about shamanism in this book as well.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, because he'd alluded to the four agreements within this book, and the four agreements are always be authentic with your word, mm-hmm. uh, don't take, don't make assumptions, always do your best, and. Uh, oh, but there's a fifth agreement which is uh, listen but be sceptical. Yep. I forget the uh, I forget the fourth one now offhand. But well, those agreements were um, something that I'd kind of lived by anyway, but it wasn't quite focusing on them. Mm-hmm. So there were things in there that I thought I could work on. So being authentic with your word, I I don't really. I'm an honest kind of guy, I speak from the heart. So there wasn't a terrible amount of work to do with that. But there's a second part of that, which is to be not to gossip and things like that. So not just lying or being nice to people, but not to gossip. And that was really important.
0: And I think if you're not gossiping, if you can move away from that, that really creates a different mindset, doesn't it? It allows you to be much more positive about other people and also yourself.
1: Yeah, it's once you learn Um, how important and the impact of what gossiping can do, it really becomes important not to do it because not only do you spread um, mistruths and assumptions about other people, but you also poison the mind of the person that you gossip to um, about the person that you're gossiping about. Mm -hmm. So that spreads. So by not gossiping and just being positive about people, then it has the opposite effect and it spreads positivity and that's something that i think that i was maybe guilty of doing quite a bit it's a trap that you fall into and unless you were aware of it
0: Mm -hmm. and it's so easy isn't it you can just be having those conversations with a colleague or a friend and before you know it they might just be saying oh have you heard so and so has done this or this has happened and you've ended up going down this sort of rabbit hole before you know it and you've found out all sorts of information about somebody or you're sharing what you know and like you say it can be quite negative then for everybody involved
1: that's right and the person that you're talking about isn't there to give their side of the story either so mm-hmm. it's a one-sided view I guess uh, that was something that I had to work on and um, once I'd read the four agreements because that's an actual book in itself um, I started to think shamanism was really interesting mm-hmm. because. I was starting to get results from doing these things. Um, so just be by living mindfully about those four agreements, or the five agreements as they are now. Um, <clears throat> and I started to find that I was coming into myself, things were connecting, and I felt drawn towards shamanism because the more I learned about what shamanism is, which is kind of it's a belief system and a way of um living that works in a healthy way and promotes a healthy way of living both mentally and physically okay and so i um i was reading these books and I, i'm a bit dyslexic so i don't often read I'm, i tend to read audiobooks or listen to audiobooks
0: i'm the same
1: but after the after the uh after the first book you know i read that within a few you know, a week or two, and and then while I was reading that, Silly was reading the next one, my wife Silly. So she once I'd read that one, I'm like, that was really good. I really connected with that one. She'd go, well what about this one? And then book after book after book. And so I started to learn a lot more about shamanism. And then I found that there's a whole technique involved. So the Toltec shamans were masters of um psychology in a way. So they developed techniques and Um, ways of dealing with deep psychological issues. So you could do things like shamanic journeying to Mm -hmm. um, bring back parts of your personality that may be suppressed.
0: Yes. And I think I do that quite often with a transpersonal approach, particularly when I'm using hypnotherapy. And I stumbled across that sort of by working with my clients and that's what they needed. And then as I started to read more about it, I started to not only recognise that there were parts of hypnotherapy work that do cover that, but also the close links with shamanism and that actually it's the same principles involved. And that really sparked my curiosity to recognise that these skills have been used in different cultures all around the world throughout time by various shamans yeah. to help a person bring elements of their personality back to themselves. So,
1: yeah, so within a few months... I'd say within about 4 or 5 months of starting that journey of of learning about shamanism I'd made more progress in that small period of time than I had in the 8 years of taking antidepressants and going to my doctor and maybe it was just it was maybe it was the right time mm-hmm. maybe it was the techniques that I was doing yeah uh, maybe it was because I found something a belief system that I could that I could work with that really sort of felt like it it was, it was honest, it was good, it was truthful, mm-hmm. it was, everything about it seemed to be right. Whereas in Catholicism and, and, and my um, religious beliefs, there were yep. certainly a lot of things in there that I did, didn't sit well with me. Or
0: And I've always found that really hard because I would say I'm probably loosely Christian in the sense that I believe in the good, pure principles behind it. I believe in love and compassion and generosity and kindness but I've always struggled with it a little bit. There's a lot of focus on sin and negativity. And sometimes when I've been into certain church organisations, don't get me wrong, I've got lots of friends who are Christian and I, I go into churches very happily and I'm friends with members of the clergy. Sometimes I felt quite segregated and excluded because there has been a lot of gossiping, a lot of judgment and a lot of criticisms amongst certain types of people. And that to me felt in conflict sometimes with the principles that they were aiming to teach.
1: Yeah, that's right. And that, I think that when I started to look into shamanism, I didn't really find that there. I mm-hmm. found that it was very balanced. And certainly with the... I just happened to look at Toltec shamanism. Mm-hmm. There is shamanism from all over the world. Yep. So there are different forms of it. But with the Toltecs, um, you know, they were very... um honest about their uh, work and there wasn't really a focus on on negativity or punishment or Mm -hmm. you know having to having I I liked the idea of not having uh, a deity to worship that it was it was everything was connected and we all are the light yes and so uh, that really sort of resonated with me I really sort of thought that re- that, that really works for me and I'd mm-hmm. always believed since very early on well since about 15 I guess when I started to think about what happens when you die and what mm-hmm. happens you know is there reincarnation and stuff like that and uh I'd always believed that uh, I'd always felt that there was a there was a there was an all knowing being or an all knowing consciousness and that we were kind of splinters of that consciousness placed in these human bodies mm-hmm. to have experience yep. whatever that experience may be mm-hmm. and then when we pass we bring that experience back to that all knowing consciousness if you like yep. And just enrich that in consciousness with experience. And that's what our purpose is.
0: Mm. And that's often how I tend to describe it if I'm working with individuals, say, explaining concepts of past life. I explain that sort of the, perhaps there is this source energy there That it's almost like reading every single book in a library. You might have all the knowledge in the world, but without the experience, you don't necessarily know what it feels like. There's a difference knowing than what there is being absorbed in a situation. So. Once again, it's in line with what you said really the aspects of that source energy occupy a body to have that experience so it enriches that knowledge
1: yeah and it also the whole idea of everything being connected you know the trees, the water, every person every being, and even the rocks are are, are existing, mm-hmm. so you know they're part of it, and they're just because they're here they they have they have spirit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so um, there are there are there are actually some because I was a science guy. I'm I want I want to see results. So yes. <laughs> so so one of the things that uh, Zeddy would say to me is you you know you you seem a little bit down. You've lost your spark. You know when mm-hmm. we, when in in our early days you were a life and a and, and a soul of the party, but now you just seem to be a little bit more reserved and subdued, you know, depressed maybe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was thinking about this, and then I I did a read about soul retrieval, and that involves basically you relax, get into a meditative state,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and the shaman guide would take you on a, like an imaginary journey inside your mind uh, to what's called, they call it the lower world, yeah. where you um, – You do sort of shadow work, so work on yourself Mm -hmm. in the lower world. Um, And I kind of wanted to get my spark back, but I'd I'd heard that this idea of soul retrieval, where you go to the lower world, you go back to to your self, where the part of your soul that split off at the time where the incident happened, so Mm -hmm. if there was like a trauma or something like that. Well, for me, there wasn't really... a specific time it was more over a long period of time that I yes. felt like I'd lost my spark so I went on this journey Um I ended up meeting a younger version of myself in a cave
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we had a chat about things uh, ex he sort of explained to me why he was there why he'd decided to hide away uh, we discussed it and made friends again and then uh, the guide merged us together, mm-hmm. so we became one. And then, when I came back out of the lower world and back to awakingness from yes. from the uh, from the journey, um, it was almost instant the change, mm-hmm. and that was really surprising to me because it, it it was so quick and just instant that I thought, what can possibly, well? how can this not be more common or more known about?
0: And I find that the same because I do it often with clients. I've done it with myself as well. But particularly we'll go and retrieve those other aspects of the soul and the essence and energy. And instantly the person in front of me, their eyes are sparkling. A lot of their wrinkles and creases and the tension fades away. They look and feel like they've got more energy and more life in them. And it's so instantaneous, you think, wow, how is this not more recognised and not more widely used?
1: Yeah, or just how can it be? Because, you know, after losing my spark for over 10 years, 15 years, to then in one hour session, (laughs) (laughs) guided by a guy on YouTube. Yes. Uh, and then that change was instant. So then I took that and I sort of thought, right, okay, well, this is really interesting. I want to know more. I'm, I want to know it all. Oh, I to, absolutely. I want, I want,
2: I'm, not, I'm, I'm in this now. <laughs> this is. I'm
1: serious about this. I want to learn it. So, so then I joined a, a, an online shamanic uh, practitioner course, and I got right into it. It was, it was great. Um, learning about it, and as I was learning through the through the course, uh, I was making. And much, you know, strive massive improvements with my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once that course was drawing to an end, I was kind of thinking, well, um, I'm only halfway through my working career at the moment. And I'd kind of like, I need to do this for other people. I need to help other people. I've always been a caring person. I've always kind Mm -hmm. of been drawn to being a healer. Um, but this really sort of gave me purpose because I had my career wasn't a career anymore; it was a job. Yep. And I kind of lost the drive to be to to be successful for a co- in a corporation. Mm-hmm. because It just seemed pointless now. It just seemed like yep. it wasn't rewarding enough.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I thought, right, okay, I'm going to learn mental health first aid and then I thought okay I'm going to learn counselling skills so I did a counselling skills course and then I thought okay at that point I was kind of going out a bit more and meeting people that were like-minded so Mm -hmm. uh, going to spiritual shows crystal shows and things like that and that's where that's where I met exactly and (laughs) and um it was actually, you did a talk on the Dark Night of the Soul.
0: Oh, yes, I remember you were there.
1: And that really made me quite emotional because mm-hmm. I really thought, well, wow, you know, I'd been through that. That mental health breakdown for me was my Dark Night of the Soul. That was mm-hmm. what woke me up. That was what gave me the motivation to to look for a different path, a better path. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these crystals shows, there are a lot of, different modalities and some Mm -hmm. some i get on well with some i'm a little bit more skeptical about but what i was looking for really was a way of because this spiritual people are not a very common set of people the majority of people out there are still kind of not
0: and i forget that i think because i'm i do my career i have my career and it is helping people and serving and then I have lots of friends who are spiritually minded and then lots of other therapists and practitioners I know. That's my reality now. And I forget that the majority of the population are maybe not of the same ilk as us.
1: That's right, yeah. yeah. So when I, when, I, um, when I met you, I realised that you were doing hypnotherapy mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a course. And I thought, well, that's interesting, listening to some of your talks. And I was thinking that this is actually very similar to shamanic journeying mm-hmm. in a way, and that piqued my interest. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is kind of very much the same, has the same effect as the shamanic work that I've been doing, but it was in a more conventional way. Yes. So maybe easier to swallow for people who aren't so spiritual.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at that point I thought, aha, <laughs> <laughs> this is something that I've got to do because if I can do this... Then I can choose between spiritual healing and yes. more conventional healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then depending on the client that comes to me, I can then work with them in whichever way would work best with them. Absolutely. And when I started to learn hypnotherapy, I just couldn't believe how how similar those that journeying and hypnotherapy is. Um so that sort of that gave me a really good boost because I thought I'm kind of a little bit ahead here because
0: <laughs> you've already got those skills that you've been developing through all that research and then through doing your training.
1: So that really helped me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really helped me to get going with the uh, with the hypnotherapy. And yeah, now so I'm I'm looking to completely change careers. Now I'm looking to try and start a uh, a therapy service mm-hmm. where I help people who are suffering from difficulties in life maybe mental health problems stress anxiety depression uh, and I think that that'll be a really rewarding thing to do and Most honestly definitely. I can't wait to get started
0: and I'm very excited to carry on watching your journey unfold because you're now halfway through the course yeah we've just come we've just done month just five haven't over, we yeah
1: just a little yeah. over halfway I think maybe but yeah it's getting yeah uh, it's getting interesting now we're starting to get really into the into the deep stuff, so. Excellent stuff, yeah.
0: yeah. And you're doing really well with it as well. I'm very impressed so far. Oh,
1: thank you. That's very kind of you.
0: So obviously, you said you've gone on this journey and you've become aware of the shamanism and you've started spending more time, sort of, within the spiritual community, perhaps at the well-being shows. Mm. Now, as a man, I'm just wondering: have you found any challenges to that? Because obviously, I know lots of men. I know lots of men in the spiritual circles, but there are still they are still less represented than a lot of the females out there and i think within society in general there are less men who i don't know whether they practice but openly talk about these sorts of things so how have you found that experience coming into that sort of world
1: well yeah i think you're right i think it's you're right to say that there are certainly less men um out there in these shows and things that there are more there are more women there. And I'm not sure why that is. Um, I think it's maybe because I think that maybe more men need to start to think about things in a more holistic way. Okay. Um, I think that there are, I think it might be that there are some difficulties where people look for mental health help. Mm Mm-hmm. And the traditional modalities, say talking therapies and things like that, don't tend to get the results. I mean, maybe it's just not as well known that these kind of things can be so helpful. Yeah. But what I have noticed is that does tend to be a lot of focus on femininity and the positives. That femininity can bring yes and i've noticed well i think that there is less um less focus on what masculinity and the positivities that masculinities bring
0: yeah and i would agree with that i think at the moment i think there's probably a distinction isn't there that isn't very well recognized between the sex people were born with and the male and female in sort of this 3D reality and in life and energy. And I think people tend to associate male and female with masculine and feminine. And I don't think the masculine is necessarily very well represented when it comes to the spiritual aspects of things.
1: So, yeah. So I've noticed when I was looking, we we have a drumming circle mm-hmm. and um, some of the chants uh well most of the chants are uh, talk about feminine healing feminine power and and um and i get that it we we could do with a lot more love and um just allowing people to get on better in this world and it may be that that femininity is something that we could we as men could do with being a little bit more feminine Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but I think that as a man when we um don't balance that up with uh being promoting the masculinity side of things Mm
2: -hmm.
1: it tends to make well it makes me feel a little bit alienated and a little bit a little bit marginalized So there were a lot of a lot of the songs and the drumming chants that we do at the drumming circle talk about uh, feminine healing energy and things like that, and then there's not a lot of reference to men in that mm-hmm. uh, but also uh, there was a con this concept of feminine healing energy is strange to me because to me, source is neither masculine nor feminine
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, we are male and female, but the energy that's within us is neither masculine nor feminine, and we all are on that scale of masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. within ourselves, and some people are more feminine and still male, and some people are very male and very masculine, so it's a a sort of a scale. And I don't think that healing energy as such is – feminine I think it's just healing energy Mm -hmm. so when I hear reference to feminine healing energy then I think well is my energy not healing either
0: yeah and I think there's so many concepts in there I think that's really interesting so I think obviously you're just going to have to bear with me because these thoughts are all a little bit of a jumble in my head so I agree with you I think we are an energy and a source and I don't think an energy has a masculine or feminine I think energy energy And I think consciousness is consciousness. And I think consciousness, and we are a consciousness, doesn't have a race, a nationality, a sex, any of those other things. Mm. However, when we come down into our human bodies, we then start giving ourselves those attributes because it's partly how we create an identity and a belonging when we're here. So I think that's something that I think people start to consider I think what you've got, then I'm jumping about a bit, but is we've got this perhaps where there's been an imbalance in society for a long time in various different ways. And I think for quite a lot of women, especially, they feel like maybe there's been patriarchy and sort of negative masculine traits of perhaps suppressed women. So I think you've got these two concepts that are almost at odds with each other. So then when people are starting to think about energy it starts to then become, rather than as a whole, people start to separate it into categories. Mm. And some aspects of energy, they would say, are certain traits for one way of being, and other parts of energy are a certain other way of being. And this is where you get this whole masculine-feminine. And I think in some ways those concepts of masculine and feminine there are unhelpful because they start to make it based on sex. Uh, what. What sex somebody is born in, you're a man or you're a woman. And it's not that. But I think people associate the traits, both healed and wounded in those aspects, with traits that you see in people around them. So, for example, say like healthy masculine energy, the divine masculine, that's a very fatherly figure. That's that being present, non judgmental, being confident, being protective, being supportive, being. That carer, having that humility, its yeah, those things. And the same with the feminine, the positive feminine would look at aspects of that motherhood, that nurturing, that empathy, that being open and collaborative. Mm. And in its healthy elements, I think people look to, they can see men or women in their life that have those attributes. I think then also we go to then the other side of it, of the wounded side. So if you look at at the extreme of the wounded masculine, it's the controlling, it's the aggression, it's the being overly competitive, it's the perhaps being out of touch with the emotions. Likewise, with the wounded feminine side, it's that insecurity, it's that neediness, it's the codependency, it's that over-emotional side. Mm. And I think once again, then people start to think they can either associate it with themselves Or somebody in their lives. My father was really controlling and dominant. I had a girlfriend once that was really needy and clingy. So all of a sudden, that energy that was a whole then starts to become fragmented into traits. And that's when people then start to focus on it in the healing world. Does that make any sense, or have I just gone on all sorts of weird tangents? Yeah,
1: that makes makes a lot of sense. Um, What I would be concerned about is when... We associate certain traits such as protectiveness with with masculinity, mm-hmm. um, and then we sort of we go uh, and we we associate things like caring and uh, nurturing with femininity. Yes. Then I, th- I I I'm concerned. The danger is that we actually separating um, masculinity and femininity or those traits into those yes. bubbles, and then that then just causes the opposite of what the idea of spiritualism is, which is to bring balance to these two and almost merge them together yes. so they, so they, so they complement each other. And, I, mm-hmm. and, and you, you, like you say, the, the, the wounded end of the scale you want to be away from and you want to bring the two masculine and feminine together within whether the person is a male or a female.
0: I agree entirely. And it's about bringing those traits and attributes, isn't it? It's not about masculine or feminine. It's about those qualities. And I think almost it's those labels of masculine and feminine that can create a barrier, like you say, to create a separation and a divide, rather than what it should do, which is about we should all have that balance within us. But it should be about having that balance of those healthy energies and those healthy aspects of the energies And if we notice within ourselves we have got those wounded aspects, that's what we maybe need to heal within ourselves. And I know that's been quite a journey for me. So I found accessing what would be classed as divine feminine energy quite useful within myself because I felt a real imbalance. I started to notice on my healing journey some of those more positive, what you'd call masculine traits, I started to be able to display and feel quite comfortable with those. However, the feminine side, I often felt quite out of touch with, particularly, although I accept I was in this body, but expressing that femininity. And I had to work through some of those issues to bring a better balance into my system. But it was never about masculine or feminine. It was always about those qualities.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where that's what makes me. I think that makes me feel a lot more comfortable Mm -hmm. is. um. Be, it's easy for people to just say, Oh, you just need to be a little bit more, you need to be more feminine. Well, maybe just break that down. You need to be more caring because that's, we're all, car- we can all mm-hmm. be caring.
0: And I think that's so important because I've got a lot of friends, a lot of male friends especially, that feel it's very important to hold their masculinity and their masculine roles and persona within society. And they're quite worried that on another level of society, that there is a problem in terms of being able to have your place as a male within society. And if I said to them, oh, you need to access your feminine energy a bit more, they would be up in arms about that because they don't want to be more like a woman, is how they would perhaps interpret it. They want to be strong and confident within their male body and who they are. Whereas if I said like a trait, like you say, more caring or more nurturing, they would actually be very open to that. Yeah, and so I think it's the terminology that perhaps holds the barriers rather than the principles underneath.
1: That's right. I think that, that for me, that, that when I think about it enough, and I think about it down to to the to the nitty gritty, the worry that that it's just pigeonholing those traits into uh, into female and male um, ends of the scale, mm-hmm. um, and, and then as a male that you find that all or a lot of the positive traits are very quickly associated with femininity. And then it's not that it's not that masculine traits tend to then become negative, Mm -hmm. but just not so often referenced.
0: And actually those masculine traits, and obviously it's really hard because I'm still referring them to as masculine traits and I don't believe they are. Um, But some of them are really important So, like assertiveness that's really important for you to be able to set healthy boundaries within your life Um, because obviously if you're too passive then you tend to get walked all over if you're too aggressive then that tends to isolate yourself from other people it makes you quite hostile so there are some of those traits that are really useful regardless of what walk of life you're in what body you're in and um yeah, sorry, we just got momentarily distracted. One of my plants has just started moving and I think that plant wants to join in with the conversation.
1: Just having a little stretch there.
0: <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, it, I think also it can be difficult to talk about these subjects, especially in the current climate where yes. where um, toxic masculinity is very much in the, in the social media mm-hmm. circles now. There's a big drive for... Um, for women to feel empowered and to feel uh, confident in being able to do the things that they want to do themselves, yes. which I think is great. And I fully support that. So if you were to say, if you were to ask me, am I a feminist,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I would be, I would say I agree with a lot of the things that feminists um, started off, you know, the, the being able to have the opportunity to do things that they want to do, mm-hmm. having no barriers to doing those things. Um, it it just that makes complete sense to me. Um, but then there's kind of an over push, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe that's kind of making some men feel a little bit pushed out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, when I go to the crystal shows, I'm often looking for pendants that are a bit more masculine and mm-hmm. things like that, and. Actually, what I may be thinking is that's something that maybe I should be bringing.
0: <laughs> that sounds amazing, and I think going back to what you say about sort of what's going with society as a whole, I think if we could get the spiritual side right, then that could be very profound for people because at the moment, I think men and women in general are feeling quite lost. I think there's this there is a battle of trying to gain rights, trying to gain freedoms, trying to fit in the world. It comes that sense of identity. However, if we focus on these different traits and aspects and healed them within ourselves in whatever way they needed to be healed, there would be much less need for that because everybody would feel comfortable and happy within themselves and would be able to bring what they brought to the table without that need for being concerned about other people's labels or what rights they have or haven't got because we would all be more whole within ourselves. Does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, it does definitely, yeah. Looking at um your own personal issues is something that was is something that's really hard to do, and I don't mm-hmm. think we as a society learn how to do these things. Those tools that I learn in shamanism yep. are very common for those for those tribes and people that are out in South America or shamans all over the world. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of these these things. Um i don't think I think they're kind of it's almost like it's a lost art now, and yes. I think that it's time that these these modalities these these techniques that work so so mm-hmm. well and certainly for me so poignantly so quickly to get those back out there into the wild and 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 more common so that more people can find the right path and heal themselves yes, because that's the other thing that I found as well with with the spiritual path that I was on was. I didn't need to have a a church or anything like that. I didn't need a doctor to give me pills. I needed to do the work on myself. And once I'd learned the techniques I needed to do that work, it all snowballed very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think for me, spirituality was a turning point in my life. Finding spirituality, finding my feet, finding a finding a um, a group of people that were like-minded as well has a massive yes. has a massive impact and the group of people that I found are very positive and helpful and supportive with each other
2: mm-hmm.
1: and having this conversation with you now is something that I don't think I could have with people that aren't open-minded or spiritual in that way because mm-hmm. it makes it very difficult to to have conversations like this without being judged or...
0: And I think so. and I think also there can be that level of antagonism, can't there? So I think both of us, as we're approaching this conversation, are doing it in quite a mindful way, that we're trying to be very respectful of each other's insights and we are being actively present and listening. And I think that is really important because through that we're developing an understanding of each other's perspectives. So I knew that we would probably have this conversation that we've just been having about the masculine and feminine because we touched upon it during last hypnotherapy. Yeah. However, if we'd been different types of characters or perhaps we hadn't developed these tools within ourselves through spiritual practice and through things like you said, the four agreements, we might have approached this in a very different way. We might have been, I've got my idea, you've got yours, right, we're going to basically have a sparring match and I'm going to try and prove you wrong.
1: Oh, yeah, I've had this conversation <laughs> with a few other people um, and because I've tried to broach it with a, a few different types of people, mm-hmm. colleagues at work, things like that. and. You, you. Sometimes you get real curious thinking, but sometimes you get quite a hard pushback. Yes, and it becomes the conversation becomes very argumentative very quickly.
0: And I think it's because sometimes people feel the need to have to prove themselves right or to uphold their viewpoint. Whereas if you just are present and just genuinely listen to what the other person's saying, as, as we've discovered. To now- there's a lot of common ground in what we believe. So on the off, if we just got set of like, well, I feel it's really benefited me to like heal the divine feminine and sort all of that out within my system, and you're like, well, I don't agree with that, we could have quite easily got into an argument. But actually, there's not really a lot to argue about because in principle, we're both saying the same things.
1: And I think as well, the the art of being able to have an opinion, and opinions change with more knowledge, (laughs) is people forget that you can have an opinion, but it can change within a conversation. So
0: Most definitely. So I could be
1: thinking, and I do this, I think about things, and I get an opinion, or I get a feeling about something. Something inside me thinks, "Mm, there's something wrong about that, or something that doesn't sit well with, Mm -hmm. with, with that. And I look at it, and I look into it, and I'll think about it, and I'll form an idea of what I think is wrong about it, and then I'll go out there, and I'll bounce it off people, and I'll sense check it, and just see whether that idea is actually... You know, if I miss something, yeah, critical to my thinking mm-hmm. that that might change my opinion. And I, have to, I go through life doing that. I, sometimes I'll get things wrong. Have a conversation with somebody and get some more insight, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I've changed my opinion and changed my thoughts. But I find that, is especially in, on social media, that mm-hmm. you can't really have an opinion and without somebody then. Moving to cancel you or.
0: Yes. And I think it's a real shame, isn't it, that we're living in that culture that almost if somebody says something you don't like or it offends you, all of a sudden it's a don't want to know that they shouldn't be on these platforms. And yeah, I don't agree with being unkind. I don't really agree with being hostile or nasty to other people. However, I do think there does need to be a balance where people should be able to say things in a constructive manner for their opinions to be heard, especially if they can also then be open to receiving other opinions and insight in a positive way.
1: And that's how growth is. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we mm-hmm. progress. And I think that, for me, I see this um, slight imbalance. And I think it's only a slight imbalance. Mm-hmm. It's it something that could do with being corrected. And that's. what it's difficult to to have the courage to be able to discuss these things because if you don't point them out then the course doesn't change and then and then so you've got to really kind of bring the conversation up Mm -hmm. in order for the change to happen should that change be be the right way forward so yeah learning growing healing
0: and i think it's all an integral part of the journey isn't it i mean I'm not the same person that I was a month ago, never mind a year or 10 years ago. Because, like you say, your experiences inform who you are in that moment, but who you're going to become. And by staying open, by being willing to adapt your thoughts and your beliefs, that allows your identity to grow and evolve. And it allows you to get new knowledge and information. And that is such a beautiful and magical experience to be part of. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that probably scares me more than anything of that becoming stuck and stagnant and getting so stuck in my ideas or beliefs or opinions that I fail to notice the beauty or the magic in the world, or that we are so different in such a positive way, it starts to make difference become something negative and bad. Whereas difference is great. This is like I was thinking about this when we first had our discussion and it was really cool what happened. So I was thinking about a rainbow. So because I was thinking about obviously that concept of energy and I was thinking about light and I was thinking, well, light appears as light. However, there's a spectrum within it. Yeah. And we can, when we look at things from a certain perspective, we can see that spectrum just like in a rainbow. And I think that's what we're like as people, but you need all aspects of that rainbow to come together to make that light source as a whole. And then I got thinking even further and I was thinking, but what would happen if certain frequencies of that rainbow and that light got polluted or contaminated and all of a sudden because they got polluted and contaminated they could no longer come back together as a whole and that would be a real shame and I'm thinking that's what we're like as people so we have it going on within us so because we get different parts of ourselves different aspects of ourselves wounded they become separate from the whole just like you've explained with the soul fragmentation but then on a societal level, that takes place as well. So we get different groups and different splinters breaking off that feel hurt or wounded by other groups. And then all of this conflict emerges and it creates that separation. And I don't really think that's where we're meant to be. And I don't think that's where any of us really want to be either. We all need to be recognising, yes, we are different. And we need all of that difference to come together collectively as a whole to create that thing that's beautiful and magical and lights up the world, and that's that consciousness or source energy.
1: Yeah, I think that we all have that in, within us as well, mm. and I think that, that that people that don't have the balance there within themselves um, have had that knocked out of them by society or yep. a lot journey along the way so no, i don't think that anybody is inherently bad or mm-hmm. um or unable to to get to a, a place of balance i think we all have that within us me too and i think that that it's just noticing being able to notice where that mm-hmm. where you're unbalanced and then being able to figure out what it is you need to do to change it
0: yeah and that's the thing isn't it it's first that noticing and then that recognition and then putting the action into place. And when we do that, we can create massive shifts within ourselves. And then as we heal ourselves, then we're more of service to everyone around us. We can be more loving, more giving and more present. And that then helps everything to work more coherently.
1: I would like to see um, a snowball effect from people who find spirituality and find healing within spirituality to um, express their journeys more. because. Mm more people that that um that find help and success within that's their spiritual journey and they express that the more people will maybe look at that kind of modality that kind
2: yeah.
1: of, that 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 way of living because it's for me it's become a way of life mm-hmm. rather than just something I did to fix something I actually live that way now and when i when i when I apply that um, I can bring other people from even if it's just for a split second from from the fog out into the open. Mm-hmm. So like if you're walking down the street, instead of before where I would, I'd be in my little clouded world in my own mind, thinking about all the problems, thinking about what's going to happen next, what I'm going to do with this thing, that thing, and my eyes would be down as I'm walking down the street. But now what I do is I'm not thinking about that now. I'm looking up at the world that's coming <laughs> forward at me because my mind is in a good place. It doesn't need to be thinking about the the, the things I need to deal with because I've already thought about those before but it gives me the opportunity to then meet people at their eyes and then say hi to them and, they, <laughs> <laughs> and just a simple action of that can bring somebody out of the fog and just surprise them that there are people out there that just say you know hi how are you doing
2: mm-hmm.
1: have a good day and you'd be surprised at the the double takes that I get from people who Same who, here. <laughs> who have been Walking down the street, looking down at the floor, the the minds in the fog, and you can just pluck them out. Yeah, mm. I, and I I like that. I like being able to to help people. So I want that's to
0: magic in the moment, isn't it? That's that's a real life manifestation of magic that you're able to do that for another human being, and that's really really powerful.
1: It is, and it's so easy to do. Yeah, and it, it's it, it's something I love doing. mm mm-hmm. Um. Most especially is, uh, you know, just people that are in the street and you can see them in their grey area, we just stop and talk to them.
0: And it just shows as well, it's often just those little gestures, the smallest of acts can have a huge ripple effect. So I would encourage the listeners to do more of that because it makes you feel great and also it has a positive impact on the others that you're interacting with. And I find it so interesting you've said that because um, what I've been doing is tips of the day and um, affirmations on my Facebook page, and I write them ahead of schedule. And then it's always a nice surprise for me as well. When one comes up, I'm like, oh, I forgot I wrote that one. And today's um, post, as we're recording this, was to smile at strangers and people in the street, because it makes you feel good. Yes. And I think that's it, so
1: cool. It's infectious. It, it is. It really is. And uh, yeah, do it more often. It, it, it works, and it makes people's life. Just a tiny little bit better, and it just makes me feel good that I can, that I can just reach into somebody's life and just flick a little light on, even if it's just for a little second.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. So we're almost coming up to time to finish. So have you got any final words or thoughts that you would like to share to the audience? Anything in particular you'd like them to take away from this?
1: Well, I think if you're struggling like I was and you need some help, then a good place to start would be a mind body festival where there are mm-hmm. lots of people that are there. They're they're there just to help. They're there genuinely. Definitely. They can help. They have helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be something different to what you've been used to going to the doctor and just using conventional medicines. It got me to a certain point, but, The real work was when I started to do work on my soul, work on my spirit. Mm -hmm. So go for it.
0: And I think that's a really good point that you've made, that obviously I've been part of the wellbeing community now for a few years doing the shows. Um, Before I was going around just as a visitor, and now I obviously have a stall there. And there are so many people there that just genuinely want to help and make a difference to people. And I think if you can go to those places with an open mind, it helps just to open you up to what's out there as well. Because like you say, we tend to be given that you go to the doctors and you get a pill. But there's so much more. There's so many more options out there. So by going to those places, it just gives you ideas. And it might just be you have a brief conversation with a stall holder that makes you think, oh, I need to read this book or that's a way that I could go. Yeah. Likewise, you might have a chat with somebody and think, oh, do you know what? That's really not for me. Absolutely. Equally, that's useful because then it shows you there's a different path that you could take that might be more beneficial. But yeah, I agree with you completely yeah thank you so much for coming and chatting today i've really really enjoyed it
1: it's been wonderful talking to you thank you for having me on
0: yeah and you'll have to come back another day because i'm sure as we get going with these conversations they could go on for many hours
1: <laughs> <Thanks>.
0: <laughs> so whatever you're doing out there i hope you're having a great day and i look forward to speaking to you soon take care and bye-bye for now if you enjoyed this podcast please make sure you subscribe on apple podcasts If you are interested in what we do, please go to my website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. As well as information on the therapies I offer, there is also links to my Past Life Regression Therapist Programme and my Professional Hypnotherapy Training Programmes. If you are looking for online training for self-development, please go to debbieison.thinkific.com. And also remember to follow me on social media, simply on Facebook type in Tranquil Awakenings to find my business page and I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from you, please do send any comments or questions and if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about on future episodes, please do send me a message.